0: Hi there, I'm Julie Stokes with Elevate Louisiana. In today's Engage Quick Take, we're catching up with Karen Stubbs, the Assistant Secretary for the Louisiana Department of Health, who's in charge of the Office of Behavioral Health. Karen joined LDH in 2013 and as head of the State Office of Behavioral Health, she leads policy decisions addressing prevention and treatment of mental illness, substance abuse disorders and addictive disorders. Welcome, Karen.
1: Good morning, thank you for having me.
0: Uh, We're so excited to have you here. And we know that there's been kind of a lot of goings on in the Office of Behavioral Health and new ideas that have come about based on the last legislative session and some legislation and the budget that you were able to get passed. So tell us a little bit about those highlights of the session for the Office of Behavioral Health.
1: Yes, we had a very exciting um, session, lots of kind of forward progression in the behavioral health world, um, we were able to achieve um, obtaining some funding for some new crisis services that will be part of our Medicaid benefit array. And this is really exciting because currently, um, we don't have a lot of covered crisis intervention services. Uh, We have one or two um, services covered by Medicaid, um, if you're seeing a current provider, but we don't have a true comprehensive, crisis system of care. Really, historically, we rely on our emergency departments to provide that kind of service. So even though the Office of Behavioral Health this past session um, had pretty much a standstill budget, um, we have been so supported by our Medicaid um, program office, our sister office, and we were able to jointly um, receive some additional funding to start three new crisis services in early calendar year 2022, and then we'll ask for additional funding for a fourth fourth crisis service that will take place at the end of 2022. We didn't ask for that in this past year's budget because it technically is gonna roll out in a different fiscal year, Um, but our vision is to have four um, standalone crisis services available to our Medicaid population.
0: So, you know, when we're talking about a crisis service, you know, how is that different than the services currently offered or obtained in emergency rooms? And you know, what what creates a crisis? What does that look like and how will this service help people differently than emergency rooms?
1: So, a crisis is really self-defined. Um we're looking at a mental health crisis, it could be a suicidal ideation. Um it could be heightened anxiety where you can't move. You can't leave your house. You can't calm down, or in the reverse, um, you know, lethargic, can't move. You, a parent, can't get their child um, to leave. Things like that. So a crisis is self-defined in the mental health arena, and I think historically, um, you know, you don't make an appointment for a crisis. You can't plan it. Um, even if you have a current, uh, an active treatment provider, a great active treatment provider often the answer to that crisis on a Saturday night at midnight is to call 911. That leads to an ambulance and to an emergency room. And what our vision is, is that we meet the person where they are. It doesn't have to be, um, as long as the situation's safe enough, it doesn't have to be law enforcement involved, it doesn't have to be ambulance involved, which pretty much leads to an emergency department. There are a lot of crisis situations that can be handled with a licensed mental health professional, perhaps a peer who's gone through the the same thing, um, and avoid that emergency department. And um, we we know, especially right now, kind of the value of those ER beds and uh, being able to address these situations in your home environment. But the important thing is addressing the crisis when it happens, but then not abandoning the person who was in crisis or their family. So our crisis services, you'll see, involve a lot of follow-up, a lot of hand-holding to make sure there's that referral or that connection post-crisis. We we define the crisis um, where you receive help for up to three days afterwards, or depending on the service, up to 15 days afterwards to make sure the avoidance of that ambulance or emergency department didn't just happen Saturday night at midnight, and then on Sunday morning at 6 a.m. they just call back, but that the crisis is truly stabilized and then connected to a treatment provider.
0: So I would assume that you're gonna have like case managers there that will help usher that case forward.
1: Yes, and so um, in a sense, we aren't gonna use that term, but um, we're gonna have crisis mobile response. We're gonna have what we call community brief crisis support. And so that is that 15-day follow-up. So the crisis mobile unit may respond and they could be available for up to three days um, if needed. And then they hand off for up to 15 days if needed for that community crisis support personnel to reach out. Maybe they go to the house. Maybe they just say, were you able to make an appointment? Do you have a provider? Do you understand how to connect to your um, insurance company, your managed care organization and get an appointment? Um, what are your needs? You know, do we need to speak with your family? Uh, things like that for up to 15 days. So those are two of the crisis services. And then we're also, and this is very exciting, I'm going to create what we call behavioral health crisis care centers. These are like urgent care centers for behavioral health and who hasn't? doesn't go to an urgent care center on Friday evening um, when you feel like you might be coming down with the flu or maybe you had an accident on your bicycle and you don't want to go to the ER. I mean, that's become commonplace in society right now. Um, It's something we all take advantage of. It's the same vision, but for behavioral health and crisis. Um, That is particularly exciting because those are just starting to appear nationally. You know, Crisis Mobile, is pretty widely accepted. There's a lot of models. But those um, care centers, like urgent care centers, are on the newer end. Those are brick and mortar facilities. And um, it's just gonna be really exciting. You can stay up to 23 hours. So we anticipate the average time, you know, maybe four to six hours that you're there, you get stabilized, you get connected. Um, But you have the ability, if that crisis is sustaining, Um, to stay there with those caregivers until it truly has resolved. And then once you're um, released, if that's the case, um, you also have access to that 15-day crisis support. So again, making sure the crisis is truly resolved and not just temporarily resolved.
0: Interesting. So will the new system require, it seems like maybe a bit of a culture shift and You know, if so, what about areas that currently already have crisis services?
1: So, absolutely. It it is a culture shift. I mean, we are so used to, when you are in crisis, to call 911, to go to the emergency department. And we don't think that that's going to change with the flip of a switch. We don't. We do think that that will still be appropriate for certain people, certain crisis. Um, the, The goal, though, is to shift the perspective to treating it a little more upstream and in a different type of environment. And so we realized that, um, you know, rolling this out is gonna take some getting used to, it's gonna take some awareness, it's gonna take a certain comfort level to invite people into your home. You know, we, we're all very comfortable with ambulance and police, um, but those uh, crisis mobile units are gonna have a, a different kind of philosophy. And so, um, and a different support system. So it will take a culture shift, um, a perspective shift that will happen over time. Um, we also are developing this system with the utmost respect for those few pockets who actually have started to develop their own crisis um, components. There's very, um, if, if any um, areas in Louisiana that have the full continuum that we're talking about, Uh, But there are several areas in Louisiana that have um, these certain set of services. Maybe it's Crisis Mobile, maybe it's kind of a walk in center, a a living room model, a 23 hour bed uh, facility in, in a couple of areas of Louisiana. So we're developing our system with them and around them, making them part. We definitely don't want to duplicate efforts. We don't want to penalize anybody who happened to be kind of an early. Um, early provider, early adopter of these crisis services. So, um, you know, people like Jefferson Parish, they have some really great um, crisis services already. We have started, we met with them maybe two years ago and we started and we said, tell us what you do. Um, And so they've been very helpful, especially with the JPHSA. We know Metropolitan has um, some crisis mobile response also. Um, we know Baton Rouge here has um, the urgent care type of walk-in center and is um, starting to get off the ground some mobile services um, as well as capital area. So um, we're, we're definitely partnering with them. We're looking at how they, they did it right. Um, I think they're very excited because prior to this initiative, um, most of those services were not Medicaid reimbursable. So we're hoping to give them an additional funding stream.
0: Oh, I I know the Jefferson Parish uh, Human Service Authority will be glad, I mean, for that, because it's really tough, um, you know, to be in that business without reimbursement and, you know, how difficult it is. So um, uh, one question I wanted to ask, is this only for people on Medicaid? So if you have a crisis and you're in a situation and you don't know where to turn, what do you do if you're not on Medicaid?
1: Right. So to answer your first question, the initial rollout is for Medicaid adults. But I can tell you we have developed and we've worked on this um, system rollout for just over two years and we're just going to start seeing the services come to fruition in March of 2022. So that tells you how long it takes to plan. We've worked with national consultants. We've looked at models all over the country, talked to other states and pockets that do this well. Um, It will initially be for Medicaid adults. Um, One of the reasons we're starting with such a focused population is because For the most part, we're building this network and these services from scratch. So we want a very white glove, hands-on approach to developing these providers across the state in a very consistent and quality manner. We do hope at some point in the future to expand that to um, adolescents as well. And then our overarching vision is that we expand the system once it's developed and stabilized to all payer sources. So the uninsured, the Medicaid, and hopefully um, commercial or private insurance, if we can get those, um, those systems to work with us. We're seeing some pockets nationally of some big um, commercial insurance companies starting to buy in. You see these systems really developed in Medicaid first, um, and then when people see how they're working, when they see the cost savings, when they see the quality result, and the buy-in, it kind of opens their eyes.
0: Absolutely. Well, you know, as Elevate Louisiana, we we actually, one of our positions that we took last legislative session was that we, we supported that funding because we're really excited about the idea and, and the model and, you know, just being able to help people where they are. I don't think there's, it's probably one of the biggest things that our society needs at this point because um, mental health is something real. And, you know, I think we're finally getting to a place in our Uh, evolution as a species, I guess, (laughs) where we're starting to accept that and and it's getting mainstreamed. and It's not bad to need help anymore, you know, so kudos on what you're doing. We're very excited.
1: um, If you don't mind, I always like to um, make sure in an interview I promote some of the resources we have because you're right, we talk a lot about mental illness, which might be a little uncomfortable for people, but what we've discovered Um, especially with COVID and the multiple name storms is that mental health um, and taking care of your mental health affects all of us and has really become a more comfortable conversation. And so want to remind people some free and immediate resources that we have. Um, With COVID, at the beginning of COVID, um, if we can remember that far back, we developed a hotline 24 hours, seven days a week. Um, We call it our keep calm line to address anxieties to just talk to people. It's meant to kind of, in a way, prevent that crisis, what we just talked about. Um, Again, it's free and um, anonymous. And the phone number for our Keep Calm line is one 866 310 7977 And trained crisis counselors can talk to you. Um, It might be you just want to talk about your day, or it might be that you need some stress management, exercises and techniques or um, some crisis de-escalation, but I do want to encourage people to have that that number on hand.
0: Yeah well I think that's great because you know I don't think we're born, we're not born inherently knowing how to handle all the situations that that life deals to you you know and um, I'm a big believer in getting all the help in learning and growing that you can so thank you for all that you guys do and um, I'm excited to see this system roll out and uh, just excited for what it could mean for the future of mental health in Louisiana because I think it is quite, a, quite an all-encompassing issue and something that we've battled with as a state for many years now, so.
1: I agree, we're, we're looking forward to kind of the rollout starting in March. We know it's gonna be um, probably a little rocky. It's gonna be smaller than we want. Um, we're kind of calling it a soft launch, but the services will go live, the providers will be new, um, but anything we can do to get the word out um, about these services, we appreciate.
0: Well, we're here for you over here at Elevate Louisiana. So Karen, thank you for being with us today on this um, quick take. Uh, for those of you that are listening, if you're interested in joining Elevate, seeing more of our video cast or podcasts, or in attending our December 14th summit, visit our website at elevatela.org. That's elevate with two L's, E-L-L-E, L A L-A.org. I'm your host, Julie Stokes, and we'll see you next time.